0: manager of lean startup company this webcast is part of a series featuring speakers from lean startup week happening october 31st to november 6th in san francisco please visit lean startup.co for more information justin wilcox is the founder of customer development labs he is a regular speaker at the lean startup conference a mentor for tech stars and google for entrepreneurs programs this is a hour long program and the recording will be available after this live webcast take it away justin thank you so much felicia and thank you all for joining us today I'm really excited to be talking about the five experiments you need to run in order to find your product market fit. So let's dive in. And let's dive in and make sure that we thank Lean Startup Week for making this possible. So uh, this organization is obviously has brought us all together, and we're going to get to hang out in November uh, to run a little bit more of this workshop. This is like a, a one-hour like, snippet of a workshop that I'll be running at Lean Startup Week. Uh, so if you like what we're doing here, come join us at Lean Startup Week in November. Okay, so let's talk about exactly what it is we're going to talk about today. So many of us are familiar with different kinds of canvases including the business model canvas, the lean canvas. Um, I see Jay's asking questions about the, um, the MVP canvas. So these canvases are great in that they help us lay out all of the assumptions we have about our startup. Right? And they tell us all the things that we need to test. But it's a little bit like, like turning on a light switch into a really cluttered room. Then you see like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden there's like all this crap that I have to deal with, that I didn't know I had to deal with, and it can be overwhelming, right? So you fill out one of these canvases and you're actually left with a bunch of questions afterwards. Questions like, well, where exactly do I start? Like, which of these assumptions should I start testing first? And like, what test should I run in order to actually uh, validate these assumptions? And, you know, how do I actually run these tests? You know, what's the right way to actually make sure that I'm getting statistically significant data and I'm not biasing the results? So these tools are sort of a great starting point, but they don't actually walk us through end-to-end how to actually find product market fit. So what you're gonna learn today is you're going to learn a set of five experiments. And in order to run those experiments in, that's going to tell you exactly how to find your product market fit. Alright, you're also gonna be able to identify your experiment. So you're gonna know by the time you're done here, out of these five, which one you should be running right now and you'll hopefully have a little bit of a hint of how to actually run that experiment. Okay, so that's what we're gonna cover today and while we're gonna do it, you're gonna see that we're gonna push the envelope. You're going to do things that I promised you didn't think you were going to be doing today because this is not just a traditional web- webinar. This is actually a workshop. And so with that in mind, you're going to be doing more work than you expected, and then I've been doing a lot more work than I expected on my end to go put this whole thing together. So this platform that you're using right now is a labor of love, and it's a labor of love that I've built because webinars are lame webinars are lame because humans and adults we don't learn by listening which is what most platforms enable us to do we learn by doing and so I have built this this thing here so that we can actually do together so we can actually do a workshop much like we'll do at the conference but we can do it from around the world so what the difference is between this and a traditional webinar is that you are actually going to work on your startup while we're here today you'll also be able to get feedback from me. So there's an opportunity where I'll say, hey, if you guys want some help on the interactive exercise that you're doing, say yes, say, and then you'll sort of basically raise your hand and then I'll go and I'll actually look at what you're doing and I'll give you feedback on it. So pay attention for that if you want some help during this workshop. One other thing to know about the platform is that there's a, between your bandwidth, uh, there'll be a between a 10 and 30 second delay between what I say and then when you hear it. So uh, it takes a little while for the internets to catch up. So just know that that's happening. But let's dive in and, and make sure that you guys understand what the, what the platform how it all works. Um, if, by the way, if you have any feedback on the platform or anything at all about the talk, please, please let me know. You can hit me up on Twitter at, undersc- at Justin underscore Wilcox. I'm super hungry to make this experience as good as possible so that we can keep learning from each other. Okay, so with that said, let's explore this little platform of ours. Below the video here, you've got a place that you can ask questions. And my teammate Liz is there moderating. And so you can see that Jay's already asked a great question here. Uh, and we've talked about it, the, the comparison between like what I'm going to talk about today and MVP Canvas. These canvases again these are tools that help us understand like all the things that we need to do, but don't show us how to do it. Um, so you can ask your questions down below. You'll also be able to vote up questions. So we have a little survey here that I can see that you know, most of us are in the startup category. These all started with 50 votes by the way. So uh, most people are in the startup category. we got some, some corporate and then a little, just one person is evenly split. So about two to one on startup. So please vote below so that I know who exactly that I'm talking to. And then you'll also be able to open up and um, you'll also be able to vote up other questions that you see people ask. Uh, so that I order them, answer them in, in the order they come up. <clears throat> now, over on the right hand side is a bunch of fun stuff. So you've got your own copy of the slides. So you can go forwards and backwards with those slides and you can take screenshots of them, you can open them uh, in full screen, you can download them, do whatever you want with those slides. You've also got the ability here to... I'm gonna make uh, something active now. You should be able to see the notes screen. So on the notes page, let me show you what that looks like, the notes, you actually can take your own notes during the session, you don't have to open up another window if you don't want to. Um, So you can type in whatever notes you want, want, uh, down here, and then you can copy and paste these into an email when you're all done. Um, one thing to know about this notes section, it will warn you if, you if you refresh and say, hey, are you sure you want to go away? Because it won't save it. So you want to save this to your own you know, Evernote or um, your email, just to take that with you. I've also started a bunch of um, basically notes for you here, so you can come back and you can write in your takeaways uh, when we're all done with the session. Okay, so that's what we're looking at today as far as the platform goes. Let me come back here to our slides. Like I said, if you have any questions, I see Christopher says, I can't see how to vote. The vote should be um, next to the question, uh, as in in the question on the right hand side, it should say upvote, downvote. If you still can't see it, let us know, uh, but hopefully other people can see that. Okay, so now let's dive into, there's going to be some other stuff coming up on the right hand side, but let's dive into the meat of our program today. So we're going to talk about who I am, just so you know why I'm the guy talking to you right now. <clears throat> we're going to talk about what product market fit actually is, so you have a working definition. We're going to talk about those five experiments you need to run to find product market fit, and then we're going to identify your experiment, so you know what to do once you leave this session. And then finally, I got some, some fun stuff to, to give you guys. Okay, <clears throat> so who am I? <clears throat> um, Uh, Okay, so who exactly am I? So I am the author of Customer Development Labs. So I am the guy who's going to help you um, uh, understand how to do customer development. So there's a lot of great people out there who understand like why we should do all this stuff, so why Lean Startup is important, why we should do customer customer development. Uh, I'm the person who talks about how to do it, and it's because I've had, actual experience applying it in my startup. I've read all the books and I wondered how exactly do we do this stuff and so I wrote this blog that talks about that, that talks about the how. Okay, Um, so as a result of this blog that talks about how to do this and how I turn my company around, all that good stuff, I get to go and I teach around the world at a number of different startup communities Um, and of course I get to hang out at the Lean Startup Week and other great events. I get to work with startup accelerators and teach them all about how to how to do lean startup I work on curriculum design with a number of amazing organizations. Obviously I do some mentoring and speaking as well. I've got this workbook series called the Focus Framework. We'll talk about that in a little bit, a little bit later. And then I also work with large organizations as well, helping them understand not only how to apply these principles, but also how to teach them within their organization. So if you have any questions for me about this, uh, about my background, about my companies, about my criminal record, anything like that at all, please feel free to throw them down below and then I'll probably end up answering most of the questions at the end. But if there's anything really, really like burning questions, Liz going to pop to the top and then we'll make sure that we answer that as soon as possible. Okay, so let's dive in. So we can go ahead and clear out some of these questions that we've answered so far. Alright, and then I'm going to dive into what is product market fit. <clears throat> now this is a term we talk about a lot in our community, but not, not very many of us have an actionable definition for it. So that's what we're gonna come up with today. We're gonna reach out to the man who coined the term product market fit, Mark Andreessen. and He defined it as being in a good market with a product that can satisfy that market right now much like the canvases this is a great starting point but it doesn't give us much to actually like dive into and take action with right like what does being in a good market mean well I argue that while Mark Andreessen is the one who coined the term you are the one who gets to define it you get to decide what a good market is why? Because your startup or your innovation team is a vehicle to achieve your goals. You're doing this not for someone else. right? You're not doing this to IPO for someone else. You're doing this for you. right? So you get to decide what a good market is. If you're on an innovation team inside a corporation, you get to decide what success looks like for your team based on the input from the people above you and your peers. So you guys get to decide what success is. And once you define what success is, all of a sudden this definition of product market fit becomes a little more actionable. Now we can say, you know what, product market fit is being in a market that can achieve your goals with a product that can satisfy that market now this is a little more accurate but it's a bit of a mouthful so we can simplify it even further I'll say that product market fit is satisfying a market that satisfies you this melding of your needs and your customers needs that's the fit we're looking for that's what we're aiming for so what we're gonna do today is we're gonna define what satisfies you because once you know what satisfies, you can, you can start finding that mesh. And I'll tell you, so many teams have not taken this time, and I'm guilty of it myself. You don't even know that you need to do this because <clears throat> you sort of think like, oh, I've got an idea for a product, so I run out and go build it. But it turns out when that happens, you, you've seen it yourself. You're, you're overwhelmed with the number of decisions you need to make. Should we raise funding or not? Should we target this customer or that customer? Should I have this feature or this that feature? How much should it cost? You have all these questions, how many people should be on my team? And until you know what exactly is going to satisfy you, until you've defined that in a measurable way, you can't answer any of those questions accurately. And so you're bouncing around trying to figure out what you should do. So once we we define what satisfies you, it's gonna make all of your decisions easier. Whether you're on a startup team or a corporate team, having a shared common measurable goal for your startup that's irrespective of your actual product is gonna make all of your decisions easier to make. It's also going to give you the confidence to pivot. So when teams start a startup there's often this amazing incredible passion that drives them through the ups and downs of building a company but that passion is like deadlocked. It's, It's got a death grip on the product they want to build, and they say, you know what, no matter what anyone says, I'm going to go build this product. Then they claim that they want to go do this validation work to make sure that the world actually wants this product, but they're so emotionally attached to the product that when they go out and talk to customers, one of two things happens. They either they hear what customers say and say, oh, you know what, our customers just don't get it, I just need to keep going, I need to add more features, because they're so attached to this thing they want to build. or They actually listen to the customers and they say, oh my gosh, my customers don't want this thing, there's nothing for me to do, I'm going to go do something else. Both of those options are horrible. We don't want you doing either of those. So what we want to do is we want to take that passion that you have, we want to release it from the product just in case your customers are not ready for your product. Just in case you're ahead of your time, we're going to release your emotional attachment from there and we're going to attach it to the thing that you want to achieve by creating the project. So by harnessing your emotional attachment and putting it to the ultimate goal you want to achieve, you're now free to listen to your customers when they say, that's not what we want. Because you say, oh, you know what, it doesn't matter, I didn't want to build that anything. Ultimately, I want to achieve this goal, so I'll build whatever it is you need me to build in order to achieve this goal. All right, the third thing that defining what satisfies you is going to do is it's going to unify your team. The number one reason teams dissolve, break up, fight is from misaligned visions. Misaligned personal visions. Right, one person wants to IPO, another person wants to lift a thousand people out of poverty. Until you've actually sat down and talked about, okay, what do you really want out of starting this company and had that sometimes awkward conversation with your co-founder, you're, you're setting yourselves up. like You might be walking into a pit You know, a year, two years, five years down the road where you find out, oh my gosh, we wanted the wrong thing and it was leading to conflict the entire time. So I'm going to show you how to actually do this for yourself and how to take this and do it with your team so that you guys can all have a unified vision of what it is that satisfies you. All right, with that, let's get into this. I'm going to turn on another uh, activity here. So we're going to go active here. And I see that Arthur has a question asking, how is this different than Crowdcast.io? So we're about to get into it. You're going to see why this is different. Because we have actual interactive exercises that we're going to do together. Um, Like I said, I want this to be a workshop um, where you're actually working on your company and we're about to dive into it. So you're going to declare your victory, uh, which is something that I don't know that uh, Crowdcast can do. So, let's hide this one. And what you're going to do now is we're going to do this together. You're going to click the Start button and you're going to be incredibly impressed by the animation that comes up. Okay, so if you're ready, you're going to click the Startup and then, oh my gosh, that was amazing. You can't even believe how amazing that was. So, uh, what this is supposed to replicate is uh, you actually, if we were hanging out in person, I would actually give you a worksheet. And so, we're going to fill out this worksheet together, but in a digital way. Okay, so now what you're going to do is you're going to click Next again. And you're going to see that uh, a little blank comes up here for you to write in the date. So, go ahead and write in your date right now 6 to 2016. And then click Next again. And you'll see that it says that on this date, what you want to do, number one, is you want to create, oh, this will say right here on yours, you want to create a, and then you want you to fill in the blank. What's the product? What's the service that you want to create? So I'm going to say for mine, maybe it's Lean Startup Peer Groups. All right. So write in the product of the thing that you want to build there. If you don't know, that's fine. Put don't know. But go ahead and put that in there. Then click next. Now I want you to write in who's the customer that you want to help. Like Who in your mind is like, okay, who's gonna use this product, right? Who, who are you building this company to serve? Okay, so I'm gonna say startup founders. Okay so now what I want you to do is I want you to click next again and then hold your breath because this is about to be another amazing internet animation as we fold the worksheet over okay so you folded the worksheet over and you've revealed a new contract with yourself The contract says I promise on this day even if it means never building lean startup peer groups and even if it means never helping startup founders I will declare victory when I achieve and click next number of things so you can see what we're doing here we're recognizing that yes this is what you want to build and this is who you want to serve but in the event this product is before its time and in the event that these people do not want your help we need you to have a victory that is not tied to them specifically, just in case they don't, they're not ready for you to help them. We need a victory that's tied to you and what you ultimately want to achieve. So what I want you to do here is I want you to put in a measurable metric that's going to represent your victory. And I'll give you a couple examples. One great example uh, is money. Money is a great measurable metric. Um, one million, I'm gonna say dollars in the bank is my victory. Now I want to recognize that for many of us in our cultures it feels kind of icky and gross to have like a, a dollar figure associated with our victory, right? Like none of us wants to be the person who like does it for the money. But I'll tell you, if you're starting a company for reasons of financial freedom, for financial security, knowing that, knowing that that's why you're really starting a company, the faster you can get those things, or the faster that you recognize that's, that's why you're really starting a company, the faster you can go get those things. Because you're going you're gonna to free yourself from the emotional attachment to these things just in case the world doesn't want them. All right, so I, I love any sort of money driven metric. If you're on a team, it can be a uh, million dollars um, in new profit, or right, if you're on a corporate team. Um, you can be income, so you know $100,000 a year income. Uh, so any any money-driven metric is fantastic here. Um, it can be impact-related. So let's say I want to help you know 1,000 customers. Now the trick with this one is that you notice how I've used the word customers. I haven't used startup founders if you're going to have an impact oriented goal it needs to be very very broad to account for the fact that these customers may not actually want your help at all or the help they want has nothing to do with what you want to do so your victory needs to be very very broad And I want you to think about this like sit back and actually imagine you are a successful founder or a successful team leader and I want you to think about like what comes to mind like what emotions come to mind and how are you gonna know that from a measurable perspective if you have achieved your victory so I'll, I'll give you a couple seconds to do this on your own um, but I also want to offer a couple like let two parents proven wrong you know, anything that's measurable here is gonna do the trick that's what we're looking for and it needs to not be associated with these two things up here so, if you talk about your product at all, or you talk about these customers in here, we, we got to go change it um, so that it's not associated with those things. All right. <clears throat> Next up, if this is your opportunity for feedback, if you want some help defining this right here, defining and making sure that you've got a measurable victory that's not tied to something that you may not be able to affect, all, all you have to do is type in the word yes here. If you type in the word yes, then I will go take a look and then I will give you feedback on it and I will show it to everyone else that we can all learn together. So I think we have a pretty intimate session here so I've got some, an opportunity to actually give you some feedback. So if you want some, I would love to take a look and make sure that you're on the right track. So go ahead and type yes in there. Uh, if you want to, you can also fill in the emotion that you're going to feel. And this emotion, I'll tell you, like this is, this is secret sauce right here. <clears throat> At the end of the day you're not starting a company to achieve this. At the end of the day, you're starting a company to achieve this. You're working on a project for your company to achieve this. There's some emotion. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's validation. Maybe it's security. There's something that's driving you from an emotional perspective and the reason why I know that is because every action, every being on this planet takes is to experience some feeling they are not experiencing or to eliminate some feeling we are experiencing. That goes for you starting, this, starting a company, it goes for me running this workshop, it goes for all of your customers who are eventually gonna buy and use your product. The emotion is what's driving us all the time. So think about that and recognize that that is really why you're starting a company. Alright, so let's go see if anybody wants some feedback here. Don't dive in and see if anybody does. I see a yes. Okay, fantastic. I see yes and some yes, sirs. So let's go with this one here. <clears throat> All right, fantastic. So I'm going to move to so you guys, well, I'm just going to cover up your signature just to keep this anonymous. Okay, so this person wants uh, accessibility portal and mobile app. They want to help people with accessibility challenges and $80,000 in net income. I love it. Fantastic. Great job. The only question I have here is, is is this net income per year? So is it annual net income? Uh, but I love it. Super, super measurable, uh, very oriented, <clears throat> and it, I totally make sense that this would give you freedom. Great job. You're absolutely on the right track. By the way, if you want to change any of these while I'm talking about it, they'll reflect and they'll update here. So maybe net income per year. Fantastic job. Let's see. <clears throat> Anybody else want some help? Let's see. We got one here. All right. Oh, I just saw that change from 50,000 customers to 100,000 customers. I love that. Like, it, Ultimately, we want to shoot big here because this is your ultimate goal. Like, Why ultimately your cha- Why you're doing this thing? So let's shoot big because it turns out this, this metric that you define here is what we're going to use to define all of your success metrics along your path to product market fit. So if ultimately your goal is 100,000 customers, then boom, let's put it in. 100,000 customers, fantastic. I love it. You're, you're on the right track. Absolutely, this is great. Okay, who else we got? Okay, so here we go. So we've got 12K content machine this person wants to create. They want to help innovative teachers and students, and they want 100,000 raving teachers at $24. Okay, so I'm really, really grateful that you put this up here, and I'm excited about what you're building. But I'm a little concerned that what if these teachers don't want your K-12 content machine? Like, what if you're just before your time? What if they don't get it? What if they're not ready for it? Tying your victory to teachers means that you may not actually listen to what teachers want. If you're saying, oh my god, I want to help these teachers, but it turns out at the end of the day, what if they don't want your help at all? Right? Or what if at $24, like, what if that price point's wrong? What if they'll pay, but yeah, it's at $19, $15? I want you to take one step back and sort of say, you know, why am I really doing this? You're doing it because you you want to be excited about the future. So, what's a way to measure if you're excited about the future? So, some alternatives would be like a hundred thousand. I'm okay with like teachers. You're serving hundred thousand teachers as long as they're not necessarily K through twelve, and it can be any type of teacher, anyone teaching, including me or anyone as an accelerator, like like moms and dads, as long as those count as teachers. That that's generic enough, I'd say. But right now I'm a little concerned that you're like, you're still too emotionally attached to these specific K through 12 teachers, especially with that price point in there. But otherwise, love the vision and I love the number here. Keep it up. Okay, so fantastic job, folks. If you guys have any questions about this exercise, go ahead and toss it in. Liz will go and make sure that they pop up to the top here. And I'm going to move back on with the show. So we've talked about what product market fit is we know that Andreessen defined it as being in a good market with a product that can satisfy that market then we simplified that term and made it more actionable and said product market fit is satisfying a market that satisfies you. Now that you've determined what's ultimately going to satisfy you your decisions are going to be easier to make. That metric that you defined That's gonna help drive all of your decisions going forward. It's gonna help define all of your success metrics for experiments going forward. You now have the confidence to pivot, or you should have a little more confidence to pivot, because ultimately at the end of the day, you want that measurable metric. You want the income, right? Or you want the teachers affected. Not necessarily the product that you want to build, right? At the end of the day, you want that measurable thing. And it's gonna unify your team. Because what you're gonna do is you fill this out and then you're gonna have your Teammates fill it out as well. You can have do it, do it on their own, and then you're gonna combine your metrics together. Alright, so now I want to talk about if you're in the corporate environment, you know, what, what metric do you write down if you're in the corporate environment? Fantastic opportunity to define what is really important to your company. Because if your company, you know, a lot of times people get tasked with, okay, you have to go take our existing customers, and you have to raise revenue X amount of dollars with the, with this with this some new product. But it may turn out at the end of the day that those customers, your existing customers, don't want any, any other problem solved from you. Or they don't want the product that you've been tasked to build. So this is an opportunity for you to have a conversation, not only with your peers who are working on the product or working on the team, but the people above you who are saying, what are we really trying to measure? What are we really trying to achieve here? Not related to a product or related to existing customer base. Like what is our company, when I say I, what is our company actually trying to achieve? It should almost always exclusively be about money. Right, your company is trying to get more money at the end of the day. And so you should have a metric that says, you know, I don't care who we serve, I don't care how we serve them. Our goal is to get this money. And once you get that money, now all of a sudden your team will be unified and say, okay, this is where we're all headed. Let's, be, let's let go of the emotional attachment to our pet projects and say, at the end of the day, we're all headed towards this one singular money goal. Okay. Takeaways. I want to make sure everyone has a takeaway from this exercise. So go into your notes section here and I want you to write down in the declaring victory what your what your victory is so I'm gonna go back to mine here and you can just copy and paste this in here if you want <clears throat> go back to my notes declaring victory two parents proven wrong just heads up my parents are incredibly supportive so I don't have this problem but you get the idea alright so let's go back to our show here. Again, any questions you've got, I'm gonna have some time at the end to answer these questions but let's rock and roll. Let's talk about, now that we've defined what product market fit is, let's talk about the five experiments you need to actually achieve product market fit. So we've already talked about how the canvases are great but they leave us with, with a number of questions, right? So we're gonna talk about the five assumptions ultimately that you need to validate and their relationship to five experiments. Each one of these is assumptions correlates to a specific type of experiment. <clears throat> these five assumptions I'm going to talk about are all based on one underlying principle. And since you found us through the Lean Startup Conference, you're probably already familiar with this principle. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I will hit it. At the end of the day, oh, let me move my move me because this is important. At the end of the day. <clears throat> Customers don't buy products. We Sort of hinted at this before, right? Customers don't buy products. Customers buy solutions to problems. No one cares about your K-12 content machine. No one cares about my lean startup peer groups. No one cares even about this workshop or this platform, any of that stuff. What people care about is solving their problems. Remember when I talked about that emotional thing at the beginning? The reason why we talk about problems here is because any emotions that are driven by real hair on, the fire, hair, hair on fire problems are people, things that people are actively motivated to try and solve. Your product is just a way to help them resolve that problem, but at the end of the day, their problem is the thing that they're looking to solve. So we want all of your attention, all of your team's attention, around identifying and solving a problem by way of a product. But you notice that the problem is the emphasis first always, and then the product always comes secondary. Okay, so, now that we understand this one core principle to these five assumptions, let's talk about these five assumptions that you need to test. They are as follows, and they go in a specific order. The first assumption the most difficult and the most important to prove is that you can find people who are already trying to solve the problem that your product wants to solve what I mean by this is you've got an idea for a product it must solve a problem in order for anyone to use it and there must be people who are already trying to solve that problem, who are your customers? If there are not a group of your customers out there who are already trying to solve this problem, you have no company to build. These are are called our early adopters, and without early adopters, you will get no traction. No one's going to be desperate enough to give your no-name startup or your no-name product the time of day, unless we find those people who are already trying to solve the problem. once you find those people who already solved the problem though then we get to move on to some more fun stuff then you're gonna validate that those people who are already trying to solve the problem want your help solving it Now, just because you've identified that there's a problem out there that people want to solve does not mean that you can reach them in a scalable way and it doesn't mean that you can speak the language you need to speak so that they buy in and say oh yes Yes, this person understands my problem, I want to engage with them, I want to give them my money, I want to give them my usage, or give them whatever. So here we're going to actually do the marketing testing. You're going to test, do people actually care enough about the problem that, and can you find them through the right channels, and can you describe the problem with the right words, your marketing copy, to engage them with your solution. Alright, so that's the second assumption you need to test. We'll talk about how to test these in just a little bit. but I want to talk about the third assumption. You've proven they want your help solving it. You've offered a solution to them through a marketing channel with Marketing Copy. They are engaging with your marketing outreach. That's fantastic. Next thing you need to prove is that they will pay you to solve it. Now pay is in quotes here because not every company wants to actually, um, needs to make revenue. Sometimes you're uh, impact-oriented and your payment will be in usage or engagement with your product. But before you actually build a thing, you must prove that you are going to be able to achieve your victory by solving this problem for your customers. Once you've proven that they will pay you what you need to achieve your victory, then and only then, do you go and test the assumption that you can solve the problem? Now this is, this is classically where people start, right? We classically start here, like, you know, with an MVP um, testing if we can solve the problem. <clears throat> but the reason why that's listed fourth is not because it's necessarily going to be easy, but I tell you it's definitely easier than finding people who are already trying to solve the problem. It's easier than making sure your marketing is working. It's easier than generating sales. So this one is fourth because it's not necessarily going to be easy, but it's easier than all the rest. Because we as humans are fantastic problem solvers. I am almost entirely confident that if you identify a problem that people are already trying to solve and they want your help solving it and they'll pay you to solve it, you will find a way to solve it. So that's why we start that. That's fourth. Once you've proven you can solve the problem, now you start scaling. You start testing if you can achieve product market fit. All right, so these five assumptions correlate to five experiments you need to run in order to find product market fit. These experiments all align with five specific phases of your product market fit journey. That first one is called finding early adopters, and we talked about this a little before. These people who are already trying to solve the problem, that's the definition of an early adopter. If you're familiar with the diffusion of innovations curve, early adopters, early the majority, late majority laggards, the definition of an early adopter, someone who's already trying to solve the problem. So you need to go find them and ex- figure out if they exist. And the way you do that is through customer interviews. So this is the experiment you need to run when you're at the finding early adopters phase. And this is going to tell you, are there people trying to solve the problem and... What words do they use to describe the problem—that's going to be your marketing copy—and where are they looking for solutions to the problem—that's going to be your marketing channels. You're going to combine those three things into an offer test. This is where you're going to use the words that customers use to describe their problem, and your, the marketing channels they use to where they look for solutions, and you're going to offer a solution to their customers, and you're going to measure how many people actually engage with that offer. So the tests here look like cold outreach, so cold emails, cold calls, ads, whatever channels your customers say they look for solutions, conferences, those are the channels you're going to start doing your offer testing. You're going to offer solutions and you're going to measure how many people actually interact with you. That's going to give you the chance to actually iterate and improve your marketing outreach. Once you've proven that enough people are engaging with your outreach then you're going to move on to currency testing. This is where you test if people actually will give you the money you need to achieve your victory. You do this with landing page pre-sales in the B2C context or letter of intents in the B2B contents context. If you guys want help with B2B letter of intents just ask in the questions below and I'll talk more about how we actually get enterprises to basically pre-order our product. Alright once you're done with currency testing and you've proven that yes I can achieve my victory if I go build this thing, then you start utility testing. Utility is just a fancy word for providing value. Can you actually solve people's problems? The test you're going to run here is not a simple software product. So a lot of folks think that like MVPs should be like very simple products, they should be beta products. I argue an MVP, these are all MVPs is what I would argue, but the most important MVP to run right now is a manual solution. Solve the problem yourself. You be the solution to the problem. You be the software because it's much more efficient for you to take feedback from your customers if you're doing it manually than it is to change an automated software product. Finally once you've actually solved the problem manually, then you move on to scaling. Now is the time you start building software. Now is the time you start building robots to go and re- replace you, and now is the time you start reaching out to second and third customer, uh, excuse me, marketing channels, and then your second and third customer segments. All right. So these are the five tests you're going to run, and they go. And the reason why I'm going to recommend you run these five and in this specific order is that you can see they build upon each other beautifully. You already know we don't want to start by building a product. Right? Before that we need to test, can we actually solve the problem with a manual solution. So you already know that from MVPs. But before we actually build the product, we need to prove that we're going to be able to achieve your victory by doing so. So we need to do currency testing first. But before we do currency testing, before we get people to buy our stuff, we have to be able to reach them. So we have to do our marketing testing first. And of course, before we can do our marketing testing, we have to know where and how to market to our customers. And we find that out through customer interviews. So as you can see, this, these phases all spell out Focus and it's the genesis for this Focus Framework workbook series that I'll be presenting at the, uh, at the conference um, and you guys will have access to if you want at the end of, this, uh, end of this session. So it's a five workbook series and what Focus does is it takes the entire product market fit journey and it breaks it down into individual concrete steps steps you'll go one at a time in a very specific order so we actually did the very first exercise in focus declaring victory we did that one together it calls out all of the rest there are some forty plus exercises in a, in a very specific order so you know what order to run each of these experiments in and it provides instructions and tools for each step so we did one of them earlier there's lots of different worksheets in here that will help you break down each individual step um, experiment design worksheets and templates so you're designing your experiment to have the right success metrics Spreadsheets, remember how I mentioned, I mentioned that the victory you defined at the beginning is going, you're gonna track your success towards that victory. We've got some spreadsheets in here that are gonna help you track and say, oh my gosh, uh, as I run these experiments, am I on, on, my, on target to actually achieve my victory? And then finally, tools to actually create the experiments. So we use these at accelerators around the world to actually teach startups how to actually design and, and uh, walk their path towards product market fit. Uh, And obviously we're playing around with it today. So what I want to do next is we've identified those five experiments, but I want to make sure that you know what experiment you're ready for next. So which of those five steps are you on right now? We'll do that with another interactive exercise here. Let's turn on the product market fit assessment. So I'm going to make this active. The product market fit assessment is going to help you identify what phase are you in. Are you an F-O-C-U-R-S? It's gonna help identify your riskiest assumption, the assumption that you need to test right now, and help you identify the next step to actually test that riskiest assumption. All right, so here's how it works. Real simple. You're just gonna answer these questions, right? So, have you already launched your product? I'm gonna say for my company, yes. Um, And I want you to fill this out as I do it, um, or you can go ahead of me. Uh, so have you launched your company? I have launched my company. Um, are, I'm going to do my lean startup peer groups. Uh, are customers paying for it? Uh, yes, they were paying for it. Are enough customers paying that if you keep doing what you're doing you'll achieve product market fit? Well in my case the answer was was no. I wasn't going to achieve product market fit. Well, why aren't you going to achieve product market fit? Well, my customer lifetime value was too low. What is your Why is your customer lifetime value too low? Oh, well, it was too low because my customer churn was too high. Okay, so my churn was too high because people ultimately were sticking around for the peer groups for, you know, a month, two months, but then they were leaving after that. So what's my riskiest assumption? Your, assumption? your solution is solving your customer's problem well enough that they'll continue to pay for it. That's exactly right. Like that's exactly what my riskiest assumption is. I clearly was not solving the problem well enough so that they would keep paying for the solution. So product, my product market fit phase, I'm in utility testing. I'm trying to test can I actually solve the problem so I'm iterating on the actual solution now Um, and then my next step is to test ways to increase value your solution is providing to customers. Okay so you're gonna do the same thing and it's gonna line up and tell you what phase you're in and what step you should take next. So fill this out and as you do I'm gonna check and see where everyone is so I can see sort of where you guys are falling Looks like most people are in this early adopters phase, which is fantastic. It's a great place to be. Uh, Ultimately, at the end of the day, everything builds off of this F phase. So until you've done this, um, you're not going to be able to execute on the rest of the phases um, appropriately. Okay, so let's take a look specifically. I want to go over some of these in detail. So I've also got a little bit, I can see where most people's paths are. So let me just refresh. Looks like most people are saying no, no, no to these first questions. So let's go see what step is next for you guys. So, have you launched your product? No. <clears throat> have you generated pre sales or letter of intent? No. So you haven't sold anything yet. Okay, that's fine. Have you identified a problem at least 60% of your customers are trying to solve? No. Alright, fantastic. So then you are solidly in our f phase here because what we need to prove is that customers are actually actively trying to solve the problem that your product will solve for them. So you're at finding early adopters and then you need to go interview your customers to discover what problems they are actually trying to solve. So to that end, if you guys want some help, so uh, I'll talk about interviewing in detail and give you guys access to uh, to a course on that at the end, uh, but if you want specific help there's actually a uh, exercises in listed here that will actually point you to exactly what you need to do to go identify where your customers are so this is part of focus and you can find all the focus exercises in here but if you decide not to get focus I still want you to know what to do next so what your job is is to identify customers to interview and the way that you identify customers to interview is you figure out what behaviors they will be taking that tell you they are already trying to solve the problem. So for our friend who is building a, wants to build a content interactive machine for uh, the teachers, this person would ask themselves, well what would a teacher do if they wanted or craved amazing content? Where would they go? And that person is going to go look in those channels and see if there are any people out there who are willing to talk to him or her to figure out what problems they're actually trying to solve. So that's the key identifying where your customers are. I'm running a little short on time so I won't be able to go over any more of these things, but if you have any questions at all, hit me up on Twitter. I'm happy to go answer twice questions you have. So if, you, if you've if you come up to one of these here and you, um, and you're wondering how to do it next, hit me up on Twitter. I'll give you a detailed response on what to do next. Okay, so Takeaways. I want to make sure that this is really important. I want you to know what to do next when you leave this session. So I want you to write down what phase you're in, what's your riskiest assumption, and what's your next step to test it. So go into your notes section here and type away uh, the notes here. So you've got the the five phases of product market fit. You can look at your slides. You've got your own slides if you want, if you need some help remembering what those are. And then down in your product market fit assessment, I want you to fill in what your takeaways are for these for this session. Alright, with that in mind, okay, <clears throat> so let's rock and roll, do, do, do. questions, questions, questions. So I'm going to have a couple minutes for questions, so if you've got any questions at all, fire away, I'm happy to answer them. Especially if you've got any rude questions, any questions you're like, oh, I kind of doubt what Justin's saying, I don't really buy into it, he sounds like he's full of crap. Anything like that, those are my favorite kind of questions to ask, answer, because you're not the only one who's wondering about it. So if you've got any questions at all, fire away, and then I'm going to go and answer them. But let's just recap what we've talked about today, and then we'll do free bonus stuff. So we talked about what product market fit is. Satisfying a market that satisfies you. We know that once you define what satisfies you, all of your decisions are going to be easier to make. It's going to give you the confidence to listen to your customers and pivot when necessary, and it's going to bring your team together. You declared your victory. You wrote it down, and you learned the five experiments you need to run to actually achieve those victories, and the order you need to run them in, and you identified which experiment you need to run next. You know that customers don't buy products, customers buy solutions to problems. You learned the five assumptions that we talked about, and how they correspond to the five phases of product market fit, and the five experiments you need to run, and the order you need to run them in. All right, with that, let's talk about free bonus goodies. Okay, so I want you to have one number one takeaway that you write up. So one thing that you're going to take away from this entire session. I want you to take that with you, too. Um, The other things that I want you to have, bonuses, here we go. Bonuses, I'm going to make this active. So a couple bonuses I want to offer you guys. Number one is a free email course on customer interviewing. I saw a lot of you guys were in the interviewing face that's your next step so this is perfect for you type in your email address there and we'll get you um, the interviewing course it's going to tell you who to interview how to ask for an interview what to ask during the interview what to do with their answers all very actionable stuff on how to actually conduct your interview so go ahead and fill that in and then bonus number two today happens to be like it's just coincidence but today happens to be the last day of the crowdfunding campaign for the focus framework so the next 24 hours if you guys want to use focus twenty dollars off coupon if you use the coupon code lsw for lean startup week that'll get you 20 dollars off you can just click on the links there and you can go visit focus framework you can see more about it you can see all the exercises that are in there uh, and you can even do the declaring victory again or have your team do it okay <clears throat> feedback I also want to give you guys an opportunity to give feedback on the session <coughs> Do, do, do. Okay. Um okay, feedback session here. Uh so hopefully you guys have a feedback tab up now, which is going to uh, a place for you to actually leave your feedback on the session, on the platform, on the things I talked about, on my haircut, anything you want. I want to know how we can make this experience better and what we shouldn't change that works. Okay. So do do all right. Next up, we're going to do uh, questions. Okay. So questions here. I'm going to just check real quick. I'm hearing from um, from Felicia. If you have a chance, I wasn't able to hear what that is. Okay. So it looks like we might have had some audio issues. So I'm going to I'm going to wrap up for Felicia. I'll still invite her to come on and do a little outro once we're done. Um, but I'm going to try and hit up a couple of these questions real quick. Okay. So. People who, um, move into questions here, so the question I'm answering now is, um, Arthur was asking, people who solve the problem. <clears throat> when I was talking before, you have to identify people solving the problem. Great question. No, I'm not talking about competitors, I'm talking about the actual customers. you got to find customers who are actively trying to solve the problem. Uh, just a quick note on, on competitors, you'll notice that they were not listed in any of the steps. That's because to me, competitors are way, way, way less interesting than the problem you're trying to solve and the customers you're trying to solve it for. You only care about customer competitors when your customers mention them. Until then, they're not real competitors. All right. So, moving on. Let's do what. Well, why satisfy me to not get attached to my solution and my ideas? Um, why satisfy me? Oh, I, I. Hopefully, we covered this. Like, why you want to identify what satisfies you as opposed to attaching to your solution idea? Because you're, the world may not want your solution, or uh, your customers may not want your product. And we want to prepare for that because in fact most of the time they don't want it and what happens if you're too attached to the the product and the customers that you want to serve ultimately if they don't want if they don't want what you have to serve either you have to like keep going anyway which is super unfun because you're gonna end up hitting a brick wall or you have to give up entirely that's not to say that you can't be excited about serving those customers or building your product it's just that a uh, creating and associating your victory with that thing is Bound to end up in in it's not bound but it's almost guaranteed to end up in in a non happy place. Okay, so let's do this one unanswered. Okay, Ernie, what is the most successful company that applied your model? Okay, great question, Ernie. Thank you so much for asking this question. So first, I want to recognize that this is a relatively new model, right? We just uh, announced the focus framework. Um, workbook series at the beginning of this month. That said, I've been teaching this model at Accelerators for quite a long time. Um, there's a, a company called Clinify, that's based in India that does, that does medical record processing. They're going off the charts. They raised well over a million dollars, and they have um, they have a ton of different customers who are using their product to do, basically it's this weird hybrid. It's not like a full EMR. It's a um, EMR in the, uh, in the tablet-based hybrid. Um, so I don't have details. I can't release the actual like numbers that they have, uh, but they are growing like hotcakes. There's another company. Its um, name escaping me at the moment, but they are doing remittance payments for healthcare. And they did the same thing. They did a bunch of testing with um, uh, by testing via text message whether or not people would pay for their parents' healthcare via text message um, before they did any of the other work. Um, so, so yeah, great question. I'll keep you posted on any other um, super successful. Um, programs that are using this te- th- this framework, but know that at the end of the day this is Lean Startup. This is not like some random new thing. This is just ordered and structured Lean Startup, right? It's just done in a more efficient path than what I've seen available for most companies. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna add on here, so let's see what else do we got? Uh, oh, Param, okay, so we got a long one here. So we've added a feature that solves a key problem. We identify the current solutions in the market. It turns out out our customers use the product and stop using it because our product is missing some features, okay, that current solutions have and we strategically chose not to develop. We've had about four to five customers tell us they need these features in the B2B space. Is it wise for us to shift our focus and add these requested features, or should we continue to find customers that will find our product before committing to the new features? This is a fantastic question. So, I mean, basically their customers are saying, hey, we want this thing, and they're wondering, well, should I talk, should I keep serving the customers that want the thing, or should I go serve a different customer segment? Uh, and this, is a, this is a classic problem that we'll run into at some point. So what I want you to do first is I want you to identify, if you add the features that you want, that, the, that your existing customers want, will you achieve your victory? So I want you to write down your victory. I want you to have a path towards achieving your victory. And then I want you to identify um, uh, if you add those features, will you actually be able to scale and reach your victory? If so, I say go for it. Give the customers what they want. If, however, you will not be able to achieve your victory by serving your existing customers, now it's time to go test if you can identify other customers who are already trying to solve the problem that you want to solve for them. If you can do that and you're on a path to achieving your victory that way, then you go do that. If they're both going to achieve their victory, then find the one that achieves your victory faster and do that one. If neither of them are going to work, then you'll go back to the drawing board and you'll find another customer segment. So base everything on your victory and then build your entire um, path to product market fit based on that victory. Fantastic question. All right, my friends. I'll, I'll hit up this last one, My Engagement with Eric. Has he reviewed or refined this product? Um, so Eric Eric knows about Focus. He tweeted it out. Um, I don't know that he's actually had a chance to look at it at all. I think he's got his own book that he's been releasing recently. So I think he's super busy there. Um, But yeah, as far as I know, uh, Eric digs what I'm up to because I've been at his conference and spoken uh, quite a few times. So I can say that much, but I can't actually speak to uh, whether or not he's actually reviewed or refined it yet. Uh, But fantastic question. All right, with that, I'm going to uh, wrap up here, and I'm just going to make sure that everyone knows. Uh, I want to thank you for attending this webcast. Focus Framework is available. Uh, I want to thank Lean Startup Week for making this possible. I want you to know that uh, I will be running a session at Lean Startup Week—a workshop, a full workshop where we'll dive. Like, oh, you guys can't see my slides. Hold on, hold on. I'll be running a full workshop at the Lean Startup Week on Focus Framework, so you'll get the worksheets, and you'll play, and we'll do it, and we'll hang out. We'll probably get through maybe the half of the first workbook or so, um, and so I'll actually be able to give you feedback there. Okay, and then I'm also going to say the next webcast will be on June 16th. I think it's Ash Moira, so definitely check that Mm -hmm. one out. and then for more information, I want you to go to Lean Startup Co. So let's go ahead and, Liz, could you pop up just a Lean Startup Co as an announcement in there so everyone has uh, the, where to go for that? You can also just click the Lean Startup Week uh, link at the top corner. Check that out. Uh, and I think they've got a sale going on, so they're uh, discounted prices through the 31st of July. So definitely check that out. Um, all right. Oh, actually, it's going to be leanstartup.co. Um, okay. So with that, Thank you so much for attending this session. I'm super grateful to have you guys and your questions. Hit me up on Twitter if you have anything else. And I hope to see you at Lean Startup Week. All right.